Welcome, episode 126 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we will be talking about uh, diastasis, pull-ups, <laughs> and meal prep. I do this every time. I've, I mean, it's been a while since we've had an episode, yep. and I still was trying to go off of that, like, I'm just going to wing it, I'm not going to write down my notes, and then I looked at my notes, and all I wrote was one words, one word for every topic, so, so anyway, I didn't even finish my intro. I hope you're excited. Let's get to the show. <laughs> all right, so it's on diastasis, pull-ups, and meal prep, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I mean, I guess so I could do that. I could we're just, just, like, a get little it bit, across. We're just a little bit rusty. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been, what, like... It might even be two months. May 20th, I think, was the last one, so almost May 20th. two months. Yeah. So two months. Um, the reason why it's been holding off is because we have actually, um, we signed a lease to a new office space so that we can actually film these episodes. And the main impetus behind getting the actual office was because we've been recording our YouTube videos, <laughs> we've been recording the podcast, um, basically in what is Kendrick's nursery right now. Yeah. And so it just became very non-conducive to it just wasn't a good work environment we weren't getting our creative juices flowing if you listen to the past like 10 episodes you'll know that we had to like press pause and go get Kendrick because he would wake up from his nap like it was just not a not a good podcasting environment (laughs) I mean yeah we would literally like we would put down Kendrick's baby books and put up like more professional books (laughs) and then we would we had to take down the uh the uh what am I trying to say the blackout curtains and then put up new lighting like it was a whole whole process and by the time we would actually get that done like obviously Kendra would wake up from his nap and it was just a whole ordeal so we're like okay we need to actually get a dedicated space where we can have all of our equipment set up and just come in here and press play because time is precious these days yeah but then what happened is we signed the lease on like May 31st Mm -hmm. um but you'll notice in a couple or was it May 31st Something like that. Yeah. But uh, May, May 1st, May 1st. May 1st. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make sense. So May 1st. And then you'll notice that a co- we did do record a couple of podcast episodes, mm-hmm. um, but people were like, being really nice about it, but being like, <laughs> do you guys know there's a massive echo in yeah. your podcast? We were like, we know. The space is um, probably like, I don't know, 300, 350 square feet total. So it's pretty tight and it's just bare walls initially. And it was really echoey. And yeah. we're like, the show must go on. Let's just do it. Like whatever. And then we would listen back and it was like, just like... The sound was, quality was... It was as if bad. we were in a 350 square foot room. Right. Um, so there was a lot of echo. So we took some time to figure out how to get some acoustic panels up here. That's what's behind us right now and kind of all around the room and around the ceiling. Um, it was made to order. So it actually took a lot longer than we thought. It took about three to four weeks. So we got it in and then I'm not handy at all, not crafty at all. And it took me, it took me a good like two weeks or so to really get everything hung up like in an orderly fashion and not just kind of like haphazardly I'm, um, I'm impressed that you decided to do it on i took own. it on you could have called my dad and been like bob yeah i need you <laughs> i got uh we've got ceiling panels hooked up as well yeah. um the last thing that we're waiting on is actually uh a couple more tripods for the video as well as um a couple more um stands for our mics stands for our mics and a couple of new mics actually in in general um the mics right now that we're using are really sensitive so they're actually picking up the uh the ac unit and we can't turn the ac unit off because it's a co-working space um so we need to get different mics so it's been a whole process basically and so here we are 
we'll get better sound quality next episode, but we're like, we, we have to release something at this point. We've been getting a lot of uh, people reaching out, so. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been hearing everybody's requests for more podcast episodes, so we're, we're thankful that at least uh, you guys are paying attention and you want to, you want to hear us on our podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to go through and find the first question because, you know, I'm super prepared. Okay. So the first one, um, and actually this is just like a very common question that we get a lot. Um, so we, we picked one question that we got um, through our DMs in Instagram, but we get this all the time. And so they said, can you share some suitable exercises for women that had gap abs after pregnancy, sometimes called diastasis or hernia? Um, but I think they're referring to diastasis. So, um, and this is really, really common and a lot of people have been asking me because I recently was pregnant and have had a baby and have been uh, recovering from that experience and um, ha I did have some diastasis as well. Um, I think the first thing that is a huge misconception is that like you can prevent it um, and so people are very afraid of diastasis now when they hear it they're like oh my god like my abs are gonna be ruined mm -hmm. like pregnancy ruins your abs and all this stuff and you hear it all the time and and um, I've been very grateful for some resources that are really great out there. I went I went to a um, pelvic floor physical therapist who was awesome and really helped me out. Um, I also follow Jesse Mundell and Brianna Battles. Um, they're both doing really, really good work um, just in this space um, specifically. And so I would highly recommend just following those people. And if you do feel like you do have some diastasis, I would always recommend going and finding a pelvic floor PT in your area that can help you because it's very... Um, person to person specific. So me telling you like do these exercises might not necessarily or the things that work for me might not necessarily work for you. Right, yeah. Um but the thing is it is a part of pregnancy and postpartum. Like it's not something to fear and it's something that can be sort of like managed really well um and you don't have to feel like oh I like if I get pregnant my abs are just ruined forever. Yeah. I'll never be able to do anything again. I yeah. do think that that's the I think it's right a common fear. common fear, yeah, yeah, a common fear, a little bit of a common misconception, but yeah, I mean, your stomach is expanding tremendously, yeah. right? And it's and like that's just going to happen and the muscle bellies are going to spread apart a little bit, but your body will is resilient and will kind of get everything back together um, because your body needs to use those core muscles to function in everyday life. Right. So your body understands that and it'll get back to it, but yeah, definitely being fearful of that process can be a little bit more damaging, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. first of all, just don't be afraid of it. Don't worry about it. Don't, and also don't think that it, it's preventable necessarily because it's not like, like Jason was saying, like your body is expanding to create room, to create space for this baby. So there's, and a lot of people call it like your abs separating, which I guess you can call it that, but it's like very, it sounds very traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really what happens is there's a connective tissue that like connect the two sides of your rectus abdominis, which are like the muscle, the six pack muscles that you can see in front. Um, and there's this connective tissue called the linea alba. And it basically, that connective tissue just stretches mm -hmm. and it just creates room for the baby as it's stretching. So your, your abs aren't getting like torn apart. Like nothing's <laughs> happening to the muscle itself even. It's just that connective tissue is being stretched when you have the baby and everything starts to come back together that connective tissue starts to come back together what we it will happen naturally but for some people the tone there is going to be a little bit um less so it's going to be a little less like strong or have a little less tone if that makes sense yeah um so it'll feel like a little bit softer and it might just not fully come back together on its own and that's when you're gonna want to do some very specific like physical therapy type exercises um which I think going through like all the specific exercises in a podcast format isn't going to be super helpful. Mm -hmm. So I just want to talk about more so just some general, general like 
concepts to be aware of. So one of them is breathing. Um, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people, especially if you're somebody who lifts like regularly mm-hmm. and has lifted in the past, especially like heavy powerlifting, anything like that, we're taught a lot of times to create a lot of intra-abdominal pressure right. to take these big breaths in and really expand through our bellies. And when you're dealing with diastasis, this could actually be damaging and actually make it like kind of exacerbate what's right. going on because you're creating more expansion. What we're actually wanting to do is pull mm-hmm. things back together. Um, so when you're coming back from pregnancy, um, maybe the best thing to do isn't to start with like heavy back squats where you're needing to create all this intra-abdominal pressure. Right. Most likely, and there's other reasons that that maybe isn't the best idea, <laughs> you know, for, you know, various other reasons. But um, whether you had a C-section, a vaginal birth, like there's other reasons that maybe squats in general, like heavy squats wouldn't be ideal. Um, but just in general, lifting with that big intra-abdominal pressure we want to ease back into that. Eventually you can get back to doing exercise like that. I currently am at nine months postpartum and just feeling like comfortable with doing that. Yeah. Um, but early on what I tried to do is lift moderate weights that I was able to still use normal breathing patterns for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way you can sort of time your breathing with the like kind of the inhale on the non-exertion portion of the exercise, right. exhale on the exertion, but make it very normal breathing in terms of like you're not just pushing out into your belly, but you're expanding kind of throughout your rib cage, kind of mm-hmm. expanding everywhere on the inhale, and then really relaxing and letting everything go on the exhale. Yeah, so you're just kind of letting everything help and contribute rather than localizing that sort of like outward pressure in that one in that segment. that one segment of yeah. your abs, yeah. Right. Um, so breathing is, is huge. Um, another concept is kind of just like making sure that you're aware of your positioning in mm-hmm. general in everyday life or in or while lifting. So making sure that you're not standing in sort of this like rib cage flare position. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, that's sort of just like exacerbating this openness here and we're trying to close that yeah. off. Um, and doing this also creates like, it inhibits a lot of the proper breathing that we're talking about because you're kind of like not allowing your diaphragm to work properly. So we really want to think about getting your rib cage just kind of like stacked over your pelvis mm-hmm. and that's going to keeping sort of that um cylinder kind of posture throughout your trunk is going to really help as well right i think going along with that um one thing that we're always careful of are things that where your abs are contracting and then you're placing a lot of stretch on them mm. right so like um a pull-up motion yeah. would do that um a body saw so if you're on um you're in a plank position with your feet on let's say like sliders or like a TRX and you're really pushing your body back and you're getting a lot of contraction while that stretching is occurring, um, that can be um, really stressful like initially early on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, That's actually the exercise that I sort of like pushed too far yeah, yeah. myself and I noticed when I was doing body saws while I was pregnant actually, I was like, ooh, that didn't feel great yeah. and like kind of got a little bit of a strain and re- started to realize like, okay, these are this is something I'm going to now avoid for the rest of my pregnancy and like ease really carefully back into as we go yeah Um, but i mean but also like some people do pull-ups and those exercises like throughout the entire pregnancy and they're totally fine right so i guess again case dependent it's very case dependent and um yeah you do always want to listen to like your own body's feedback in terms of like if something feels weird for you for you don't do it and try to be honest with yourself about that i mean as somebody who's very competitive (laughs) that's really hard to do so i don't like to just say like you know, just, you'll figure it out. Cause like as a competitive person, you're like, well, I, but I want to do pull-ups. <laughs> like I, it didn't hurt that bad. I think yeah. I'll still try. Like that's not a good idea. So try to be like 
aware of what's actually going on if anything feels different at all from what it used to feel like before there's like it's such a pregnancy is such a short period of time like yeah. there's no reason to force exercises on yourself um right. and i do think there's like there's definitely some feeling of i want to be this like hardcore like badass mom <laughs> like i want to do all these things while i'm pregnant and like show that pregnant women can be strong and like i totally get that and wanted to do that too but then there's also like the you want to step back and be like why am i doing this like is yeah, it for yeah. external validation or is it actually for like something that's going to help me physically prepare for birth and prepare and be stronger in general yeah um and then you might be able to weigh the <laughs> the benefits <laughs> the pros and cons yeah. i mean there are definitely many times where i'd be in the office and i kind of look up and like You'd be like looking around and sneaking a quick pull up, and then you'd go in and do a handstand. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, yeah, this just also goes to show you like just doing one probably isn't going to be like a big deal. It's more like really putting it into your program and really pushing the repetitions and the load on those exercises and really like forcing the issue. Yeah, you're just kind of testing to see, can I I do a pull up at 46? 46 36 weeks <laughs> <laughs> thank god i didn't make the 46 weeks <laughs> that would have been a nightmare um 42 is long enough for me so we got breathing eccentrics um position yeah anything else those are the main things i mean besides mm-hmm. like so the exercises that you can do i think well i guess one thing that i wanted to address i think a lot of people are like how do i what ab exercises, what core exercises can I do if I have diastasis? I think that's a question that comes yeah, up a lot. Yep. And I do think that people think that it needs to be like such direct core work and like that's all you should really focus on because mm-hmm. that's the part of your body that got like separated and you have to bring it back. But really just general good movement is going to be so important in those first few months back exercising after after pregnancy mm-hmm. and I think that's important too yeah like not you don't have to just think about like what ab exercises can I do like squatting properly doing kettlebell deadlifts like lightly but with really good form like doing trx rows and like different like dumbbell chest presses like all these different things are going to be like good solid movements that keep your body in good position and get you stronger overall and I don't think we should um worry so much about like very specific targeting of our abs at all times like I want you to think about a comprehensive program that you can put together and then what you want to think of with core training is like making sure that you're not doing certain exercises that are going to exacerbate or make you feel worse or make your like separation any worse which would be things like um potentially like crunches sit-ups um like hollow hold positions for long periods of time where you might notice like there's a couple different ways that it might present but for some people it'll present in like sort of a coning shape where your stomach Mm. kind of like um protrudes out a little bit in like a little cone yeah people always talk about that and the first time i think i think that we both saw it like really happen was when it was just a nice day out we were out at the pool and um yeah, you just kind of like sat yourself up and it was just like, it was crazy. It it's crazy, like, yeah. it's exactly like a cone. But for some reason, I didn't like, I thought it was like a, yeah, it's coning, like whatever. But it was significant. Yeah, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know if it's happening pretty much. Wait, it's it, coning like, or doming or both? Both. It's okay, the same yeah. thing, yeah. Um, and so if you're noticing that that's happening in any exercise that you're doing, try to avoid that. Um, and then if you're just noticing like when you're doing crunches, like you'll you'll be able to feel sort of in that um linea alba where it is that separation like if you can if you feel like it's getting significantly more separated obviously mm-hmm. you want to make sure we're avoiding that yeah um but yeah i think when you're getting back into a workout routine don't focus so much of your energy on what 
specific ab exercises you can do. We have some that we've um, posted on Instagram. It's hard to explain some of them here, but we talk about like marching, wall marching, dead bugs, bugs, things where you're kind of like maintaining good spinal alignment and just like slowly moving like, like on your back, slowly like moving one leg at a time, maybe adding in your arms and doing like opposite arm and leg. Yeah. Um, But very kind of like gentle core exercises as opposed to like crunches, sit-ups, bicycles, Russian twists, all those things that are kind of like aggressive on on your core. Um, But you can incorporate those into a well-rounded program and that's what's actually going to make a big difference. Yeah. I I think the biggest point that you touched on earlier is just not trying to like rush your like connective tissues back together, right? As quickly as possible. But just allow your body to kind of like ease back into like a big event that just happened to your body. Mm-hmm. And so just doing exercises like Lauren talked about, like squats and deadlifts and all the exercises that we talk about, like rows and push-ups, and do it with um, solid breathing mechanics and doing with good alignment and just being patient and not rushing back to maybe some of the ab- advanced ab exercises that you used to do. Yeah. But like at this point right now, all of the core and ab work that you do are just simple dead bugs and yeah. marching and nothing too too crazy right now yeah i mean it's still nine months postpartum so like trust me there's no need to rush and i so what's really interesting too is so we were just doing um we were on the cape and we were doing this like outdoor class right yeah yeah. and there was a whole like abs section at the end Mm. and we started going and i was like oh no this is not good for me like i could tell right away so i just started doing my own thing like i was just like doing my my dead bugs as everybody else is doing (laughs) their like like hollow hold rowing thing or whatever um but i was like this isn't this isn't necessary for me, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't helping me. And I think that I have become okay with being like, I'm not less strong because I'm not able, I'm not doing the stuff that everybody around me is doing. Yeah. I'm actually being really smart by doing what my body actually needs. And so I've been, I just stick with like the exercises that my pelvic floor PT gave me. Yeah. Um, different things that I, I know are not going to exacerbate it. And I don't worry about trying to prove myself to anyone else or right. trying to like, prove anything to myself even like I know deep down that I could probably do those things Mm -hmm. but like at what cost and why is that important I think I mean this is definitely isn't like a Lauren was able to be like oh I don't care like I don't need that external validation of beating people because you are so competitive competitive, and so this has definitely been a more of a longer journey than that but it's baked in because you know you were a gymnast since you were I don't know seven eight years old and four (laughs) (laughs) she's like four um and also just like the nature of that sport is like can you tough things out right, right? Yeah. so just like there's a lot of big thin stuff there and just uh yeah i think it's just important to be like no i don't have to do i don't have, i don't have to prove anyone anything to anyone because yeah in these group class settings like you can get really like into like what the person next to you is running on that treadmill like are they yeah. running a seven well then i need to run a 7.5 oh, yeah. or if someone's using 25 pound weights and i need to use 30 pound weights you just get really get caught into the zone it's like well that's not serving you then you're trying to serve a different purpose yeah. um that's when people get hurt and things like that so yeah yeah, yeah. so i yeah i'm saying this from like uh, yeah thank you for pointing that out because <laughs> i'm not like this perfectly like <laughs> chill relaxed person when it comes to this stuff i'm actually like super ridiculous about it um but Sometimes, I don't know, having a baby changes you a little bit. Like, yeah. I've actually been able to be a little more relaxed about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so. just be more competitive on, like, the football field and stuff. I just <laughs> take it out, take it out <laughs> Just elsewhere. different outlets, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right, question two. Cool. Yeah, so I, I hope that I hope that 
clears things up, and uh, we, I think we'll do, like, an Instagram post about, with the actual, like, some of the actual exercises that I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I did one, like, some stories on my own personal page, but maybe I can do that again, just to to give some context there. Cool. Um, Okay, the next question is, what exercises do you suggest in order to achieve strict pull-ups? Cool. Um, this is a good, ex- uh, good exercise. Good, um, good question. And one that we get constantly all the time. And, you know, I think we were just having a team meeting about this. You, you weren't actually there for this one. Um, we were talking about pull-ups and we kind of like came to the conclusion that like achievers do a really good job of hitting body weight pull-ups. Yeah. And I think the reason is because there's not like a special exercise that we do there's not there's no special like cueing like we do coach them on it but i think the number one thing that we tell people is just to be patient not go to failure and only practice really high quality reps and what we tend to see oftentimes is people might start off conservative like on the assisted pull-up machine or using bands and they'll do that for like a couple weeks and they'll be like okay where's my pull-up i need to get to my pull-up so let me test out my pull-up and then they test, out, they test out the pull-up and it's not there. They get frustrated. And then they just start to rush the process even more. Mm-hmm. And so they might use a band that they're not prepared for or a weight that they're not prepared for. Or they start to utilize more like advanced exercises, I guess. Yeah. Um, things that they see maybe on the internet or maybe they start doing like eccentrics and isometrics and things like that, which can be helpful but it doesn't replace just doing good old-fashioned pull-ups with really good form and really high quality. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, that's exactly... I, I didn't even know you guys had the meeting, but yeah. in my head that was going to be my exact sort of, like, wrap-up. Yeah. Um, is, it's, it's consistency. It's trusting the process. It's not trying to rush it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's all those things. And it's really interesting. A lot, there's a lot of, like... People who are like, oh, like bands are not good for pull-ups. I like hear that all the time. Really, like, yeah. Bands aren't like don't use bands for assisted pull-ups, and I'm always like, I don't know, it works really well for us. <laughs> it works like time and time again. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the, num- the number one thing that we tell people early on is to find a band that allows you to get, I would say around ten-ish reps. Yeah, like eight to ten. But only do around like six to eight or so, yeah. and make sure that those reps are clean, really smooth. You're not rushing to get up to the bar. You're just actually going at a slow tempo on the way up, slow tempo on the way down, and really greasing that groove. Um, And not really just kind of like rushing the process because a lot of people will go there and then they'll hang and then they'll jerk themselves up to the bar. And they're basically just using a little bit of momentum at the bottom to propel themselves up to the top. And over time, that'll catch up to you because the band isn't there. You're not actually developing that strength in that bottom position, which is where you need it the most. Um, And so eventually that'll run its course. So you really need to think about, okay, let me pull slowly, smoothly. And even if after the end of six to eight reps, I don't feel too, too taxed, you're still really grooving that pattern. You're really refining your technique and you're really preparing your muscles for that pattern um, to eventually do an unassisted pull up. Yeah, I think um, I'm gonna butcher this, but there's like a quote, (laughs) I don't even know. It's a quote (laughs) about martial arts. I'm not a martial artist, but it's like basically like somebody said that instead of practicing a hundred different kicks once they practice one kick a hundred or it's like a hundred thousand oh yeah 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 a hundred thousand times like they practice the one kick a hundred thousand times and i think so what they're saying is like i just got really good at this one thing instead of trying all these different things to be good and i think the same thing goes for pull-ups i think a lot of times people want to add too much variety they want to try too many different drills and do too many different things to try to like enhance their pull-ups but if you haven't already achieved a bodyweight pull-up yet the, the thing you need to do is just 
more consistent reps of the same movement pattern right. over and over and over again. It's actually really pretty boring stuff. Yeah. Like it's just do more pull-ups, do them more often and do them very well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, um, you know, when I talked about how do you make them high quality and how do you slowly increase over time, the number one thing that we tend to do is just to increase the number of sets. Yeah. And so instead of increasing the number of reps, which a lot of people do, and eventually they get to a point where they burn out, their arms fatigue, and they're just not in a great position. And so what we have them do is, like I said before, grab a band that gets you to around eight to 10 reps, but only do six to eight reps. And maybe in week one, you do three sets of that. Right. And then the following week, you might not be able to add more reps, but you can probably add more sets. So maybe you do four sets of six. And then the following week, five sets of six. Uh, maybe even the next week, six sets of six. And then you drop back down to a different band. And more than likely, you'll be able to hit um, a substantial number of reps. And you just kind of repeat that process over and over and over again. Um, and it'll probably take, I don't know, maybe six months, nine months, probably more even. But yeah, our, the, our members that are just patient, trust the process, don't try to rush to get their first pull up usually get there uh, around that time Yeah, frame. I would say, yeah, around, like, between six months and a year, depending on, like, Yeah, I would say that's probably, like, started, 60 but... to 70% of people yeah. in that range. Yeah. Some longer, some shorter, yeah. but, yeah, that's kind of, like, our sweet spot. We yeah. just let them take their time with it. And so many people, when, when they finally do try their first one, end up getting, like, two or three. Yeah. Because they've been, like, just so consistently trusting the process and using the bands and everything that they're, like, they do one, they're, like, that felt way too easy. Yeah. And they do, like, two and then maybe three, and they're, like, how did that, how did that even happen? Yeah. Um, that happens a lot as well because, again, like, we've been doing sort of that, we haven't been building up to a max out necessarily we've just been right. working on smooth reps continuously as we go down in band size so yeah. usually but before we have them try their first unassisted one we want them to do be able to do like five or six with the little half inch band yeah it's like super super thin it really it doesn't provide much except for like confidence <laughs> honestly like a very it's like very little assistance um but we still are like stick with this until you can get five or six reps then we'll try for your first one yeah um, and then by that point that you can usually do one two or three yeah and just re rehearse it the same way like put your foot in the band step one foot off then the other pull slowly lower down slowly and just kind of repeat that process and make sure that you can replicate it with the lighter and lighter bands because if you start to find yourself like doing weird stuff to get up to the bar after you decrease the band size then you know that it's probably too quick of a progression right, right? if right. things go a little bit awry yeah yeah all right, cool. Okay, so our last question um, is more of just a topic suggestion, but it was nutrition and easy meal prep. And I think this is another area that a lot of people want to sort of learn more about. Um, nutrition, obviously, is like a very overarching topic. So we're going to focus on the easy, quick meal prep because that is something that I feel like uh, people are just confused about or like aren't really sure how to go about doing it. Meal prep always feels like this very like daunting, overwhelming experience. Like you have to dedicate four hours to prepping your meals and putting everything in Tupperware and like doing all this stuff. And like, but then you'll be set for the week. And like, that's an easy thing to say. And like, yeah. it looks really cool when you see all those Tupperware stacked up in the fridge. But like, I don't know. For me, it's not realistic. I know for a lot of people, it's not realistic. Yeah, we've literally never ever done that. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, even in my most like very being like very hardcore. hardcore about nutrition yeah. I never even did that because I just I just never had the time to to sit down and do all of that work at once or like um, not ha not not having the time but just like 
not wanting to. Not, yeah, that's true. Like, I could have had the time. Yeah. <laughs> I never felt like it was enough of a priority to do all of that, yeah. to dedicate four or five hours of one day. Um, so I've sort of created my own like routine that really works for me. So I figured I'd share that and yeah. I could also share maybe other things that work for other people. Um, but for, for us, what we normally do, what I normally do is I pick two, when I go grocery shopping, I pick two different proteins that are going to last me for the next like four, five days. Mm-hmm. Um, for, and this is for like lunches and dinners. Um, so two to three proteins, I pick two to three vegetables and I pick one grain or carb, um, one to two grain or carb. Um, and then I, cook them all just like separately. Um, I think that sometimes trying to create, I, some, I like following a recipe sometimes, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it ends up taking too much time. I need to use too many like pieces of utensils, <laughs> <It's a> piece <laughs> of equipment, <laughs> kitchen equipment. Um, and so what I've come to realize is that the easiest thing for me to do is like, for instance, the last meal I cooked was I got a piece of salmon frozen broccoli and rice Mm -hmm. and we cooked the salmon in the oven frozen broccoli in the microwave and the rice in the rice cooker and it literally took a total of 10 15 minutes however long the salmon takes because everything else happens within the time the salmon's cooking and i get a huge piece of salmon so that it lasts us for two to three meals yeah um and that's pretty much how we do it and then we put that all on a plate or in a bowl i always go bowl and we put some hot sauce on it and yeah. we call it a day. It's like very, very simple to the point where some people might be like, I can't do that. That's too boring. Right. Um, for us, I think we use spices. We use so- like different hot sauces. We use like different, I like to call them aiolis, but really it's just mayo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, just like put something in it that gives it a different flavor so that every day it doesn't taste the same. So right. if you have sort of a base that's a little bit more plain, you can spice it up with different hot sauces or different um, aiolis or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Um, but that has been something that just works really well Yeah, Yeah, I mean, literally all we think about is, okay, what's the protein? What's the vegetable? And then most likely the carb is going to be white rice or uh, sweet potato or sweet of some potato sort. Or, yeah. or white potato. Quinoa. Or quinoa. Um, and we don't, we, we don't um, put any like uh, stock into like, okay, like into preparing like these elaborate vegetables either. Like yeah. half the time it's just frozen vegetables. Yeah. Peas, broccoli, I said that cauliflower. On yeah, yeah, because I, like I do, every once in a while I do roast some really nice veggies yeah. or we grill Brussels veggies sprouts, and it tastes uh, delicious. Asparagus. It does taste better, but like, also, there's nights where I want my food to be ready in five minutes, and yeah. frozen peas are really easy, and we do that a lot. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like frozen vegetables are fine. Yeah, I um, think I think yeah. we we used. I mean, this was probably seven, eight years ago, but we used to get into a, a habit of like creating like this recipe and this meal, and it would be elaborate. And we'll take like it'll take like an hour and a half yeah. to like actually get it done. Um, and it got to a point where like, it just like became too daunting to start doing that, especially as personal trainers where we wake up early in the morning and then we have to go to bed later at night because we're constantly working at those sort of prime times where people are off work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we, we kind of like realized that these smorgasbords, we call them, yeah. where we just put whatever was in the kitchen, uh, in the refrigerator all into one bowl, the smorgasbord and kind of like covered all of our needs of vegetables and proteins and carbs. Um, and that was just so much more efficient. And like we did it and we we're like, this actually tastes pretty good. And like, that was much easier. So easy. We got to bed at a reasonable hour yeah. and 
it just became this sort of thing. So now it's kind of like that's just been the basis of our meals, I guess. Yeah, and we'll do like so, and I may cook like one thing that's a little bit more kind of put together, like I've been making, and I'll. Something else I'll do is I'll find a recipe that we end up liking and I'll use it for like a month. That's true. And yeah. then we'll just keep doing that because it gets easier and easier to put together when I can remember the recipe. I don't have to yeah. open the like cookbook anymore. So like I recently made this like chicken thighs. Um, it was like chicken thighs with tomatoes and um, there's like some peanut butter in it yeah. and some. I think I the peanut know. butter is actually That's kind like of the X factor. It's yeah. an interesting piece, but whatever. It was actually this like really nice like slow cooked chicken thigh dish. Yeah. Um, that the first time I cooked it, it took a little while, but then we really liked it and it lasted us a long time. So then I just cooked it again for the next like three weeks. Yeah. And we just used it throughout the week for lunches. And so I think that's another thing is, and it depends on your personality, but for us, we don't mind repeating meals. Um, you know, at least for a short period of time. So we'll kind of get on like a chicken thigh kick or we'll get on a salmon kick or we'll get on and so we'll and we'll just repeat it for you know a few weeks so that it becomes really easy really routine we don't have to think too much about it and then we might be like okay we're getting sick of this let's change it up right Um, but I think that trying to be too creative trying to get it's important to get different vegetables in it is important to get different like variety in your diet um, but you can do that in different ways like if you keep your bases kind of the same like there's only so many proteins that you can use right so kind of like pick a few proteins try to have a fish incorporated in there um if you're obviously this is if you're not vegan or vegetarian um in those cases you'll want to be a little bit you'll have to be a little bit more creative with getting your protein in um but yeah yeah, we go through phases like we we did chicken for a long time and then we got sick of that and then we did ground beef we got sick of that then we got um now we're on a salmon kick and we'll probably get sick of that and it's just like yeah it just rotates and evolves and it's just what happens to work for us i do think that people maybe get caught in with like I think, like, the previous generation, like, our parents get into the, the, got us into a zone of, like, a new meal every single night, and they yeah. cook the dinner, but it's just not really realistic these days. I feel like, I think life just moves a lot quicker. I think there's just a lot more stuff going on, and I yeah. think you just need to figure out what's convenient for you, and that you can just execute really quickly. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think that, I mean, I... It was awesome growing up that my parents always cooked, like, a different meal every day. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, hopefully someday we'll be able to do that, too. But for (laughs) for those of you who – usually people who are asking for quick meal prep, it's because they don't have the time to dedicate to cooking an elaborate meal. Yeah. Like, before sitting down to a nice family dinner. Like, that would be ideal in a great, you know, ideal world for us, too. But, like, sometimes we get home at 9 (laughs) o'clock, and all we want to do is eat quickly and go to bed. Right. And so in those cases, how can you have something already prepared or have something that's, like, very quick and easy? Mm -hmm. Um, So those have been some of the things that we've been doing. And it's still at least, like, it's quick and easy, but it's not a frozen dinner. Right, like it's quick and easy, but it's still like things that we've prepared on our own. We know the ingredients that have gone into it. Um, We're not worried about like mystery oils and mystery ingredients that might be in mixed into like a pre-made frozen dinner or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, that's our our version (laughs) of meal prep. I guess that's our meal prep, and and hopefully it gives you just a little bit of an idea of what could be possible for you like you don't have to obviously follow exactly what we do but kind of just picking out this also with a disclaimer of we don't follow any sort of like diet or um so you know some people might be like well how many like what are your macros and how many grams of this are you having and how many grams of that like we are very much intuitive eaters which is like a really obnoxious way of saying like we don't follow anything and we just (laughs) kind of like kind of eat to feel satisfied and try to incorporate a lot of healthy vegetables, lean proteins, and 
whole grains into our diet. Yeah. Um, it's as simple as that. So we're not paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian. Like, we don't have, like, anything that we kind of stick to except for just quality of food. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. And it's yeah. not that, um, I guess I haven't really tried any sort of specific diet, but you, you've tried a number of different, oh, yeah. um, like, Whole30 was one of them. Yeah. I think, did you do Atkins yeah. at one point? Atkins. What else? Did you, Weight Watchers? Paleo. No, I never did Weight Zone. Watchers. No, you always bring up Zone. I feel like that was pre. I think because I, I I used crushed to Zone, zone bars. bars. Yeah, yeah, I would eat like, Zone bars. Like, like crazy. But I didn't actually do the Zone diet. Okay, yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Um, but what, what was I gonna say? I just thought about Zone bars and I just zoned out. <laughs> you know, they were really nice. <laughs> they were good too, and I really like the lemon one, which you probably hated. Uh, that was that's really probably my least one. favorite. Yeah. I don't know why I love lemon. Um, okay, so, so the you reason... were saying you never did any diets. Oh, but I did you a lot did. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we're not like knocking on diets. It's oh, just no, like no, what we realized. Yeah. It be- became probably more stressful for you than it was productive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I, I guess it goes along with your whole journey from the physical standpoint as well. I used to be a little nutty in the head. <laughs> <Not> nutty. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I just used to. Uh, I used to have a lot of insecurities, and I used to have a lot of things that were kind of like. Um, making me feel like I needed to be very extreme with both exercise and nutrition and all those things that yeah. I have over time been overcoming. Yeah, that. but I think it's, I mean, it's very common. I mean, this is why we get so many of these types of questions, yeah. right? It's only after you've kind of like done all the extremes can you find yourself back in the middle again. Yeah, and I do think that's why, like, that's why I, I get annoyed with myself when I hear myself saying like, I'm an intuitive eater. Yeah. Like I literally, I like say it and I feel actually like that is, describes what I do now and also like 10 years ago Lauren wants to like slap me in the face. I'm like, <laughs> that's so annoying. Like tell me how many carbs I should be eating, how many, pro- like how many grams of protein, like how many calories should I eat in a day? Like tell me the answer because I'll do it and that used to be my, like I was always just like, I'll do it. Right, Like just yeah. tell me and I'll do it. Because um, you're, yeah, you're good at homework, you're, good at completing assignments, deadlines. Very like much you a just rule follower in do life. Do it all, yeah. Yes. So I like rules and I like people telling me what to do. Um, but with things like fitness and nutrition, even if you are a rule follower, it, it there's so much more that goes into it than yeah. that. And there's so much built up. For me, there was so much built up um, emotional baggage with all of it and um, just a lot of other things that made it a plan wasn't actually wasn't actually helpful for me. Right. Whereas in a lot of other areas of my life, having a plan and having like really scripted out like rules is actually very helpful. Yeah. Um, so you might actually think that you're somebody who is like, no, I like data. I like to know exactly what to do at exactly what time and all those things. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's how I've always felt about myself in terms of like kind of following plans. Um, but it might be interesting for you to try something else if you are somebody who still feels like they're struggling with nutrition and with fitness because maybe that's an area of your life where being so data-driven and being so um, calculated about these decisions actually is working against you. And that's sort yeah. of what I found. So Yeah. And I think, like, you know, a lot of these extreme plans and extreme diets, um, they there's no room for error. Mm. And so it might work really well when you're the most motivated state you are for two weeks, three weeks, but then you have to travel or you get sick or you get um, hurt working out or something happens to your life where now things kind of like get totally derailed. And in order to get back on track, it just takes a tremendous amount of effort. And so over time, it just kind of like spirals out of control, I guess. And then you have to kind of like right the ship again um, by following a different diet or restarting the new, that current diet. 
And so it just becomes tough. And so you just need to allow yourself a lot more flexibility. And I think you can take bits and pieces that you like from whatever plan that you might be following and then kind of modify it to be like, okay, if I do 80% of this plan, then it, it really fits my lifestyle. I don't have yeah. to be 100% on it. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. And I yeah. think that's kind of how we came to eat the way we do. Yeah. Um, because I was like, the last sort of like iteration of any sort of diet I did was kind of like Whole30, Paleo kind of yeah. a thing. And I actually liked eating that way. I just didn't like feeling like I was failing if I didn't eat perfectly that way. Yeah. And so what we ended up doing is like, and I also felt like it wasn't enough for me personally, it wasn't enough carbs, like in general, where I was feeling very sluggish. I was actually really overeating protein because I was like feeling extremely hungry right? because I wasn't getting enough carbohydrates. So I was eating like a lot of meat, <laughs> like way too much meat. Um, and so I just was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to like eat a little bit less meat and I'm actually going to have a little bit of rice and like, I'm going to, or maybe I'm going to have a white potato or maybe I'm going to incorporate a little, like I'm going to have a sandwich every once in a while, like yeah. have a piece of bread. Um, and so those things actually over time, as I started to be like, I can still use some of the principles of paleo, which I love, which are like trying to go for, you know, whole foods that are actually exist in nature and like are not prepackaged in a box and like I'm not eating like you know cocoa puffs or whatever like <laughs> things that don't really exist but I'm also allowing myself a little bit more freedom in terms of grain selection and I'm gonna not worry so much about um like certain it was uh, mainly the grains it was mainly grains yeah. I'm trying to think of what else alcohol <laughs> I don't mind a glass of wine or two yeah. every night no just kidding that's a little aggressive but, uh, <laughs> but yeah so certain things like that where I was like these things actually feel a little bit better in my lifestyle and so like we kind of just evolved to have what works for us yeah. but it kind of evolved out of a diet that was generally feeling really good mm -hmm. um, but was feeling a little bit overly restrictive yeah 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 so that but went all over the place <laughs> but i i think we got some of the meal prep stuff across and then yeah we went, oh, and again this, this this just goes back to we try to limit the amount of nutrition questions that we take i yeah. feel like because we know that we can't just give one answer without making sure that we cover a lot of different bases to make sure that we give more context to make sure that we tell people this is based on what we've experienced and what we feel uh, as though helps our members out um, but there's just so much more to it than just like, here's a meal plan or here's your macro yeah, ratio or here's works. this. Um, it's just way too nuanced in that. And so we want to respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I think those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. So thank you so much for sending those over the last two months. We appreciate it. And we have plenty to uh, go off of from here yeah. on out. But we'll probably be asking you for more just to, to keep things fresh and flowing. Yeah. So this is the, I, I don't even know if I mentioned this in the, uh, in the intro, but this is the first time that we've actually started record, video recording the episodes, right? So yeah, right now in front of us, there are three different cameras. <laughs> um, I thought that, yeah, I thought the tripods were going to come, but literally we've got a camera on some boxes and books and cardboard paper. Like it's, it's, it's pretty makeshift right now. A roll right of now. tape. We've got really, yeah. yeah. We really MacGyver like, the situation. Yeah. Um, but we had to make it work because we wanted to bring the podcast back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's happening. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to, to get things going again and to really, uh, yeah, it's starting again. Yeah. Cool. I totally interrupted my Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't even remember where I was. Uh, I think I was at... If you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, yeah. we'd be super grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles.